0: Alchemy Radio, Alchemy Radio, Alchemy Radio.
1: Analyze, conceive, believe. Are you cheating? Cheating, cheating, cheating,
0: cheating. Hello, and welcome to Alchemy Radio, the home of the open mind. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you're enjoying the show that we bring to you every two weeks and the variety of eye and ear-opening guests that we bring to you on a regular basis as well. As I've mentioned many times, we're about to undergo a lot of exciting new changes at Alchemy and I suppose the big one is the fact that we're increasing our output to air weekly very, very soon. As you know, we're currently free, completely non-profit and available on demand from www.alchemyradio.net and iTunes. And our listenership is increasing every single day. However, as the show increases in popularity, so do the costs. And it's becoming more and more expensive to prepare, produce and host the show. So basically, we need your help. We're relying on donations to keep the show in its current free and ad-free format. And are extremely grateful for any help that you can offer. There's no fixed cost on your donations and every little bit helps. So, for example... If you could spare even the price of a sandwich or a cup of coffee every month, it would go a long, long way towards keeping us afloat. Our donate button is on the website and your support and assistance is hugely appreciated. Don't forget you can check out our new Twitter account as well, twitter.com forward slash alchemy radio. So get following and interacting with us with all your feedback, guest suggestions and other input. So on to the show. This week's guest is Henrik Palmgren. Henrik has been the host of the hugely popular Red Ice Radio since the very start in April 2006 and the editor-in-chief of RedIceCreations.com since 2002. He's also the producer of Red Ice Insight and co-producer of Red Ice TV. He's involved in a number of film, music and video projects. His first public speaking presentation was on the hidden roots of the European Union in Bath, UK in 2010. Beyond being the driving force behind the philosophical discourse that is Red Ice, Henrik is also the graphics designer, animator and musician who creates all of the graphics, video and music on the Red Ice projects and websites. He was born in the land of the Goths, today known as Sweden. He's always had a deep desire to know and understand, continually seeking answers to the deeper questions, the mystery of the knowable and unknowable such as Who Are We?, How Did We Get Here?, Where Have We Been?, and Where Are We Going? His topics of interest include historical cover-ups, conspiracies, esoteric knowledge, symbolism, geopolitics, human origins, origins of civilization, and the occult-driven agendas in our world. It's his own search into these topics that indeed sparked the creation of Red Ice Creations. And Henrik, you're very welcome to Alchemy Radio. It's great to have you on the show.
1: Excellent. Thank you, John. Yeah, good to be with you, and it's uh, you know an honor to be, to be on your show and have some... Uh have some interesting things lined up today, so it's, it's good to be with you.
0: Well, it's great to have you. It's worth mentioning at this point that your show, Red Ice Radio, and your whole Red Ice creations, um, conglomerate is the word I'll use, because it's getting bigger and bigger, is a massive inspiration for what we do here at Alchemy. So uh, full credit to there, and it's really, really good to chat to you in this uh, one-on-one situation.
1: Thank you, John. Really appreciate that.
0: Okay, well, let's go to a bit of the background, I suppose, Henrik, because we all started off with a clean slate. We were all born into whatever we want to call it, a control system, but it didn't necessarily go the same way for all of us. So how did you get from where you were to where you are now, where you're in a position where I suppose globally you guys are the go-to radio show for any kind of information that's normally hidden from the mainstream?
1: Well, that's a that's a good question. I think uh, the path has just been very organic, uh, natural. Not really huge expectations or, or intentions, for that matter, of where this were uh, intended to go. We just, I mean, I've I've just had a deep interest in in all questions unanswered for, for a long time. This this you know entails uh, everything that has to do with the, with the control structure that's there. Although at the beginning. Stages, you cannot maybe define it as such, but you realize that something is wrong along the way. Mm. And uh, you know, growing up as a as a young child in in, in Sweden, where things are so heavily controlled and uh, homogenized, I should say, regulated really, and and you're very much into that little box, you know. So as soon as you, uh, pr- pretty early, I should say, I began to bounce up against the walls of this tiny box, and you realize that the the, the The perimeters here are very very tiny and small, and as soon as you go outside of that, no one can answer any any questions at all so it's just this, that kind of deeper driving questions of of who are we what are we doing here you know wh- where are we going? why are things the way they are and and that's kind of just been my my groundwork and from there, you know later on i i just uh got into the the research uh, of uh, you know as so many other people did in terms of the the, the new world order and everything the 911 the and all that stuff back in uh, 2001 2002 mm-hmm. and shortly thereafter i just started the started a website posting some news some opinion you know just uh, analysis things that uh, people knew nothing about and then um, it just kind of grew from there we just had a s- small tiny uh, people clicking into the website then and then and there but uh, it was in two thousand and six that we started the radio show uh, I got an opportunity from one of my friends over in the uh, in the u s at the time and he was he was on another network and he kind of wanted to have me as a i think he wanted to have me as a correspondent or something like that on his show right uh, but then it turned out that that they had a, a slot available so i i got that and it was a a, a rude well and just thrown into that you know hands first and don 't know what to do or how to how to do anything and and uh so it's been a le- real le- learning curve, you know, for me and from uh, from those years, early years and then up till to where we are today. And it's just, you know, as I said, it's just kind of grown naturally from there. And the audience has just expanded. We haven't really done any big, uh, you know, marketing things or we haven't done any anything else really than by word of mouth. We've just done our shows and put them out on the web. And, you know, what you see today, that's just what it's grown into, you know.
0: And one of the fascinating things for me as a very regular Red Ice listener, Henrik, is the fact that you're willing to bring on pretty much any kind of guest. It's not necessarily about towing a particular line. It's not about existing within a paradigm. I remember... um just off the top of my head, there was there was one guy who was a Satanist. I remember you speaking about how there was a little bit of a backlash to that. But I have to say, I find it re- very refreshing to have all kinds of different guests from different walks of life and of differing opinions. Because at the end of the day, I suppose the realm of conspiracy theory research, to use that term, and I hesitate to use it. But um, just, just to give people kind of broad brushstrokes here is quite often people who are presenting information do it from within their own paradigm and they're very uncomfortable, like anybody who might, I suppose, worship a god or like be into religion or mainstream news, whatever it is, that they have their own paradigm. And I think it's very important for us as people who present shows or present this kind of information that it's done with a completely open mind and that every side is looked at as opposed to just what fits our own paradigm. And I think you're certainly one of the groundbreaking shows with regard to that. So the question, I suppose, I have, is: Have you experienced much backlash when there have been very controversial guests, or what kind of reaction have you gauged from? I suppose the initial stages up to now, when it's it's a really big operation.
1: Um, wow, that's a good question. I think, wow, it's everything you can imagine. I mean, I think there's so mixed, so many mixed reviews, and and what I find fascinating is people seem to have a they seem to have a not everyone, but some seem to have a belief that we are there to kind of to to uh, you know to cater to their their point of view or something like that or their needs or they they happen to listen to let's say three shows they've they've randomly come across and then they have formulated an idea in their own, in their own head about what what you know who I am or what we do or what this is all about yeah and then. And then you know, we do a fourth show with someone that completely clashes with their worldview, and then they're you know you get angry emails basically, like they feel let down, I guess, or something like that. So that's kinda, that's kind of sad and and funny both at the same time. But you know, we, we have our we have our own paths, of course, that we walk. We we have our own interests, and 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 I at the same time also seem to uh, you know follow through on that in terms of the the guests that I invite that it. it I want to have a natural progression that it, it that it it changes and it goes in a certain direction, just not stuck on the same same different topics, if you will, either. But, but that it expands as much as possible, and then you uh, bring someone back, let's say from from a a, a former paradigm. I guess you could say and we bring that back in again. And I've learned that I, I I grow tremendously from doing that, and I learn as I'm doing process myself, you know of. Listening to the to the to the different people, you might even bring back a guest that you had on several years ago, and then you you know you talk about to a large extent a lot of the same things, and you realize that wow, you know I've really changed on these and these points, and mm. and so that's what I think it's so you know great with being in the you know place that I am to be able to take in so much material, but at the same time you know can we walk your own path, and and certainly we've always tried to stay out of it as much as possible. Uh, but you also have to have a personal drive you have to have something behind there yes. so you know where to go so it's just not you know floating around all over the place kind of thing so it's it's both it might it, it, to some people it might seem like it's a it's a grand plan or something as well that that it's it's done in a certain way and it isn't i mean some some things just come up and, and opportunities present themselves and 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 guests come ar- come around and it's just again it's all very organic and natural but within that you know i and and all of our uh, people who work with us today, they have their own you know opinions about things, and we talk tremendously off air uh, about these topics and 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 we certainly do not agree you know as we've said many shows with everything that's uh, that's talked about on the program in some cases and this is very difficult i think for some people to just wrap their head around um but, but just this idea that sometimes we might want to bring on a guest just to to examine the theories just to give an get an opportunity you know from my point of view to those questions to 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 kind of poke at it a little bit you know right, to see yeah. okay how does this theory hold water what is it you, you know why do people believe this stuff um and so some people might say oh my god you know this is the truth that's it and i might come away and say wow you know that really showed that there's like there's it doesn't bear any water at all, you know. <laughs> so it's it's very interesting in that way. I think a lot of people can they always project, you know, what they think and mm-hmm. and, and everything else, and people make assumptions from that, uh, which is both good and bad, I guess. But you know, just that balance in between. Try to have your own drive, but try to at the same time stay out of it as much, much as possible, so that so that the listeners can get you know have their own opportunity and their own chance to. To think about this stuff so they don't you know only get my opinions and and you know how i interpret things that's really important i think
0: and here's here's possibly a loaded question then as well because as we know the world is uh, is in great turmoil in so many ways at the moment i suppose when isn't it but right now it's quite um there's quite a stark contrast between what's going on globally and economically and in terms of politics and everything around us the environment from say 50 years ago so you're up there in sweden and Sweden is a utopia. Everyone knows that, Henrik. So, how is it that your eyes were open to what's going on in the world when, let's face it, Sweden is the perfect place for anybody to live?
1: <laughs> well, exactly. Isn't that isn't that interesting? You know, you you can go back x amount of years into Sweden, and you you know, let's go back to the seventies or something like that, and you realize that wow, they were really topping the suicide list at that point. You know, why is that? It was it was such a homogenous, wonderful place to be. You know, I, I remember this. I always go back to this one uh, clip, and I saw it on YouTube a couple of years ago. And I, unfortunately, the the psychologist that is talking with the prime minister at the time, he really doesn't he really doesn't nail it though. He, he really doesn't just speak it and get there, but in a roundabout way. This the psychologist is uh, Rollo May. Some people might have heard about him, mm. and he's up and he's talking with the prime minister that took over after Ulf Palme was was shot in um, eighty eighty six, was it? Yeah. Um, and so this is in the late eighties sometimes. And he's talking about, you know, with him about what 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 is a good what what's a good place to be to in an environment to grow up? Well, what kind of things do we need? The the psychologist is talking about this. What kind of things do we need to uh to, to get experience, to um to appreciate life? You know, and, and he's in a roundabout way talking basically about challenges and, and that we need certain things in, in human Life, you know, to to grow, to to understand things, to feel uh, a sense of achievement, and the, these very kind of basic uh, basic principles, really. Uh, but the prime minister keeps going back to this idea of of security all the time. That you know, that when we are happy, we we have security. We have to be safe, and it and it has to be really secure. And and that's like the tenets that Sweden has been built upon since the uh, you know the the social democrats took over. And rule the country with an with an iron grip, you know, for, for almost fifty years straight. And and during this period, you have this formulation of something that, that's called in Swedish the folkhemmet, which uh, is a kind of a difficult term to translate, but it basically means the 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 a concept of the home for the people, you know, or pe- mm-hmm. the people's home, or something like that. Okay. And it basically has it has these tenets within it of, of social planning. That everything needs to be structured and and ordered, and and if it is, I guess they think from their point of view that then people within that structure will be will be happy. You know, they will be they will be content. They will be happy with life as it is. But then it turns out, you know, as I you know was beginning on there that there was tremendous amounts of suicides in the in the seventies, and and certainly there's there's a number of reasons for that. But what's so interesting to me is that within the attempts of creating kind of a social a bubble a kind of a utopia if you will there was a tendency for people to get lacking both experience and, and challenges i think within within that structure and and i think the only reason today why you don't have the same numbers in the suicide statistics is because you have a completely medicated population i think scandinavia overall is, is heavily into the uh you know the happy pills. I think Denmark has been one of the lists, you know, highest up in terms of the consumption of of these horrible, you know, SSRIs and everything else that they've mm. come out with. And I think that those things are the only things that that's in that in this this day preventing us from seeing the full consequence of the of the attempts that they're trying to uh, you know achieve with their society. Of course, the difference today is that it's not as homogenized It's not as locked down. And to a certain extent, it was much better actually in the 70s than it is. Uh, you know, sixties, seventies, and eighties uh, in Sweden and some of the other Nordic countries than, than it is today. But nonetheless, I think what what's important here to remember is that w- you know human beings need need challenges. We need to have difficulties, and the, it's kind of an oxymoron because society, of course, and government and everything is about providing you with uh, well, allegedly about providing you with security and, and and a sense of protection and everything else. So. It's interesting to see how a country like Sweden has developed over the years, but to see that also that the same kind of discontent underneath the the, the surface has been brewing, and the same kind of uh, unhappiness, I would say, is is absolutely there. Uh, but at the same time, internationally, we we hear that Sweden is being promoted as as some of the you know, the happiest countries in the world, and and always when. When the UN does these studies, or or there are other you know think tanks around the world, the Legatum Group is another big one. Where actually we have a bunch of bunch of neocons in charge of that. Jeffrey Gedmin is one of uh, one of the guys who's in charge of of Legatum, and they always do these studies in in Scandinavia and trying to you know promote that particular system. And they always try to say that that Norway is like number one, and then you have. Uh, you know, maybe Finland or, or Sweden, Denmark is always around that area too, then a couple other countries, but always, always the Nordic countries are among the top five, bar none. It always happens. And and so people from the outside, of course, has a perception that, you know, God, there has to be doing something right up there. It's, it's, it's amazing, you know, people are happy, no one's saying anything, and they never hear any bad press about it, of course, because that doesn't exist. And so what I'd like to get into a little bit is how, how they've managed to achieve that particular view, if you will, internationally, and also the fact that you're lacking a point of critique within the country. And and I mean the the closest re- I, I've always tried to get go for the kind of the the psychology, if you will, of 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 everything that's going on there, underneath the surface. That like what is really happening underneath all that behaviorism and everything else, because you've had so many program programs running in Sweden in terms of. Social engineering, social planning—you uh, know, structuring everything. Education, of course, has been very, very key, very central in Sweden for a long time. I think many of uh, the the youth in Sweden go to school uh, in some of the longest—you know—they go in school um, the the maximum amount of years. I think if you look at uh, on a short and compared to other countries in the world, and and this training, if you will, has been essential to this societal structure, so that. They can create basically, and uh, well, individual would be the, the the wrong term to use, but they can create a person, which is very much uh, in adherence to the structure that they've put down for you. And I think that underneath the surface, there is tremendous, uh, you know, frustration. There is tremendous uh, discontent with the system. But the fact is, you're never going to get an outlet for that because everything has been perfectly uh, created. Uh, you have government-subsidized media. You have very few outlets overall where people can vent their anger. Mm. And all of this goes into effect uh, if, if you're, for example, going to talk about happiness. Again, if we go back to that point, yeah. Sweden ends up high on the happi- happiness list. Okay, why why is that? Well, the, the tests that they do and the studies that they do in order to come to these conclusions is based on questions like, um, okay, on a on a scale from from zero to ten, you know, how corrupt would you say that your your polit- political system is, or something like that? And then they, they give these forms out to certain people, and then they're 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 asked to answer these questions. And it's like a prerequisite that okay, if they're going to understand what 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 level of corruption exists within the country, they have to have a media there that's willing to to talk about these things and get them out. You know, and obviously if you have if you have to a large extent very few uh, high end you know corruption cases exposed in sweden people are going to think that yeah okay well it's not really happening here it's 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 all good you know and just you have very few little peripheral things coming into the media very usually very very childish things or, or for example it's shown how a politician was buying a you know a chocolate bar on tax payers money <laughs> like yeah. nonsensical stuff like that that comes out so people you know they put down you know one or two on that list, you know, on the on the one uh, zero to ten scale, and the tests are, are are formulated. They bring in bring them into the to the bigger international scene and compare them to other countries, and then they see the, the the numbers for themselves. You know, okay, there it is in black and white. their Their country is not corrupt because they have no opinion that that their politicians are that corrupt. So everything is very very, in in a way cleverly worked out. But I think it's just a it's a it's a it's a natural order to this thing how it's developed considering our past when it comes to the the folkhemat that I described before that it's very the 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 social uh, structure in terms of uh, planning how people should live their lives and there's and there's like a myriad examples on this and we can get into those later as well in terms of how you see these effects within society but just this one point that I've been trying to you know hammer at is that the happiness that is being promoted in the international media basically is not there in the country when you actually were were to come to live and and or even visit into the country. The, the, it's a very peripheral, um, very shallow way of, of uh, you know measuring something within the country. But you know, unfortunately, the rest of the world views that as some kind of uh, you know progress or, or success. So everyone begins to eyeing the Nordic model and whatever you know is going on up in up in that country as a way out and and I've been trying to warn people for uh, you know quite a few years now in terms of you know what they need to watch out for uh, some of the clues some of the giveaways when it comes to being sold this this, this lie of this particular uh, model, you know. So there's tons of things that we can go into in, in terms of those details, but that would be uh, kind of things in a nutshell, as I see it, when it comes to the happiness uh, question, John.
0: Well, it's a fascinating picture that you're painting, Henrik, and it reminds me, just as you were speaking, the image of the movie. A lot of people might have seen it from, I think it was the late 90s, early 2000s, the Truman Show, uh, starring Jim Carrey which for those who haven't seen is basically the the main character, which is Jim Carrey's character, is living his life and he's living this seemingly perfect existence and he has um, the nuclear family and he's some great friends around him and everything is great. The streets are clean and the sky is blue and he's blissfully happy and he's living his life. Now, what he doesn't realize is that he is the object of a reality TV show and basically the whole the whole real world in inverted commas are watching this guy's life which has been carefully scripted with actors around him and product placement around him and basically everything in his life is a fiction and has been carefully manipulated but on the outside looking in or i suppose from 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 Truman's point of view everything is perfect and he's happy but as he as he gets through the film and as he gets a bit older and things start to develop he starts to sense that something is not quite right. He can't put his finger on it. He can't see why something isn't right. There's just this this discontent that's building him and, and building and building, and eventually things come to the surface and things are exposed. And just as you were speaking about Sweden, which is supposedly the utopia and the model for the rest of the world to follow, there there are one or two little Truman esque elements to it. For example, we had the um, the civil unrest that took place that was barely covered, certainly in the in the mainstream media in Europe and the US, um, mm. th- th- there was, that's happening. There, there are a lot of people who I would know who live in Sweden who would constantly complain about what's going on in Sweden, yet when anybody, for example, picks up a study that's uh, commissioned by the UN or one of, the, one of these groups, it's always that Swedish or Scandinavian people are so happy and everything is so blissful. So I think you've set the scene really, really well there for a conversation about the hows and the whys. And my first question there has to be to do with the media and media control in Scandinavia because that has to have a huge part in it. I mean, how, how much of a stranglehold does the media have upon the collective consciousness or the mentality of Scandinavians
1: and particularly Swedes? Oh, uh, 100%. You know, I, I wanted to uh, remind me later, I want to comment on that Truman Show because I, I don't want to give people the perception that that's what's going on either, actually. That's, yeah, it's sure. a really good point that you bring up. And, and although that's peripherally, you know, can be true for a few people, it's a, t- a completely different type of picture that go- goes on and the sky is not blue and the, mm-hmm. you know, the house is not nice and shiny kind of thing, but we, we'll get to that. But in terms of the media, John, um, exactly, that's got to be the, one of the most important things, uh, unfortunately, because preferably, of course, we would have people doing their own work and their own research, but as we know, they, they don't have time. They work all the time. They, they're. It's you know. It's just too much. They can't. They can't do that stuff. So unfortunately, many people are in a position where they rely on the media to get their information about what's going on, and <clears throat> I would say also very much you have a, a picture that people rely also on authority. It's very uh, people. If the source, for example, doesn't seem to be. Uh, You know, credible. You would throw out that, you know, you would throw out that testimony right away or that reporting right away. It's very much catered to, it has to be coming from an official source. That source has to be vetted by the government, uh, preferably, well, not preferably, it has to be a source that has uh, government subsidized, uh, you know, so the media outlet has to be subsidized by the government as an approval. And you know, just to right away then out of the gates kind of contradict that a little bit, just to make it, things interesting. What happened in the last few days is that something that actually hasn't hasn't happened before. There's a a bunch of new website popping up in Sweden, like there is in every country, that are taking advantage of 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 the internet and the media that that this has provided. Mm. Um, that that are writing critical critically about a lot of things that's gone on in, on in Sweden. And the fact is that that this alternative, if you can call it that, then the alternative media in Sweden or they are gaining momentum they are ga- gaining audiences people are increasingly turning away from the government subsidized sources and looking elsewhere but what happened was that this one guy was actually uh you know he, he was he was seeking to get subsidized uh, you know get some money each year i think from the government to be get, to be able to continue with his source and he actually won he actually got some money he turned out to get uh, was a one point one 1.2 million swedish crowns that would be somewhere in the vicinity of maybe uh, uh, what would that be? Hundred thousand pounds, maybe a little bit more okay. uh, per per year. And he has a, uh, you know, he has a, uh, he has a paper version of a, of a of a paper. He called it New Times. And there's a lot of lot of that kind of style of new new media that's popping up in Sweden. And so that was a big surprise. But what happened, of course, in the mainstream media was that there was a huge backlash against this guy. You know, because he had been advocating things like, uh, you know, more more democracy. You know, he was being critical of uh, how how policies were being run in Sweden, and you saw this kind of almost across the board reaction where they're trying to demonize him as as he's being like uh, uh, he's being anti democratic. He's being uh, he's he's advocating to have uh, you know referendums on things and stuff like that. And the, and, and this reaction, this knee jerk reaction from the rest of the media was strategic, First of all discredit him so that no other Swede would like go like actually listen to him yeah so the first attacked attempt that they did you know to try to to try to work around this thing Uh, I'm not a specialist on on his particular paper or even I'm not even aware actually of it's of if it's that good of quality I have more you know research to do on that but nonetheless it shows that okay something is changing a little bit in the media environment but but to go back to your original point there that the the, the the subsidized aspect to this, of course, been you know that's a horrifying aspect, and if people don't understand that, you would ha- would never have an outlet tr- truly attacking a, a, a government that ultimately is giving them money, you know, so yeah. that they can survive. and And these are papers that have they they have advertisements just as usual. You buy them in the store, you know, you 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 basically as a taxpayer, we end up paying twice for 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 everything it's because you pay out. Inadvertently through your taxes, that's taken from you, yep. uh, you know, involuntarily every year. And then at the same time, when you go and buy the product, let's say the the paper then or something in Sweden, then you have to pay for it again. And then there's a tax on that payment, and and you're charged, you know, twice, triple, four, five times on money. And and I mean, there's been done studies on this, but uh, it's about in a roundabout way, about around seventy percent of everything that you make, you you pay in taxes in, in in Sweden. And you you you're lucky if you get away with thirty percent at the end of the day uh and and this includes sales tax there's you know vat as as coming in in europe now and everything else and and this is just this environment is just of course horrible because if you if you see through this if you if you understand the problems that are occurring within society and you realize that no no one in media is talking about it the, the political correctness is just like a virus within the country there's only really one perspective being pushed um the socialists, the lefties in Sweden, has taken over the uh, the education of the journalists, and you really can't get anywhere if you if you're not aligned in your opinion as with the editor in the, on a paper or um, as with with someone within TV, you know. And 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 although again you have the appearance of diversity with the uh, you know the television being commercialized or or opened up so to speak, open up to the free market within uh, the last twenty years or so, it's still very much that. All of these other outlets adhere to 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 the government that actually is regulating the market and if you just do, do certain things on the t v you can be uh, you know you can be trialed you can you know be be fined and everything else in t v so it it's all the illusion that it's diversity and 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 free and open market kind of thing it's all very very controlled by the government and that of course is one of the main problems because if people listen to that and nothing else, they're never going to be told anything that goes on. You can manage to homogenize opinions, and everyone ends up thinking very much the same. What's so strange though is if you actually talk with people on the street as as in all countries right very few people are you know stupid you know i'm hesitant to use that word, but mm. but very few people are stupid flat out i mean they have a somewhat of a common sense and they have somewhat of a peripheral understanding of some of the things that goes on everyone can everybody knows that we can joke about politicians because we all know that they're lying deceiving bastards you know <laughs> so yeah. we, we all know that stuff but but at the end of the day you know when when, when things really when it really boils down to the core then people in Sweden, as in so many other countries as well they adhere to, to authority if there's something important that happens or something of grand scale or a, an attack of any kind you know we they all, in lockstep, just boom, turn to the authority to get the word, and 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 they trust those sources, which is, is so you know horribly, horribly detrimental. But we're doing everything we can to change that environment, and I do believe that as time goes on, more and more will change. I, I believe that more and more sources are going to be you know be tr- you know be able to be trusted out there. The more alternative sources. So I'm, I'm ultimately I'm seeing it as in a positive spin. I think that it is going to change. It is going to People are going to be fed up with the political correctness because what they see on the street and what they experience in their lives is not what they're being told in the media. And, and people will slowly but surely fall away from that. But there is a, I don't know, it's a, it's a tremendous mind control that has been running on, on the Swedish population for over two, three hundred years now, but with really, really hard Uh, social engineering in the last 50 years so it's a tough nut to kind of crack and, and, and to break through that surface for sure
0: Yeah, well, I can see huge parallels with what's currently going on here in Ireland as well with regard to uh, the sales pitch from the government about how happy Irish people are and how we're earning more than so many other countries comparatively. But to be honest, it's not really about how much money people are earning or taking home. It's about how much much money people have to pay. So it's all very well if if the government tell us that they're giving us whatever amount of money it is, if they're taking, in your case, 70% of that, I mean, it doesn't really matter how much you're earning because it's all been taken away anyway. And, and that's the that's yeah. half truth that's constantly been fed to us here in Ireland and obviously in Sweden and I think around the world as well. And people are buying into it, but you're dead right. I, I've noticed uh, a very gradual, but there is a change in people. People are starting to, and I, I really credit it with the alternative media and the fact that information is, for the time being anyway, still freely accessible for people should they, should they get Fed up of the political correctness and the system as it is, because people know deep down when something is wrong. And it's all about whether they have the courage, I suppose, within themselves to test that and to challenge their own paradigm. I think people are starting to do it for the first time, certainly in my experience. In in the last two to three years, there's been a, a big sea change here in Ireland. And from what you're saying, that seems to be reflected in Scandinavian and Sweden
1: as well. Well, indeed. Uh, I also quickly wanted to return to that point, John, by, by the, with the Truman Show, and, and because, yeah. I want to also give people an idea that the, the the surface is absolutely not as polished. Maybe in certain areas, for sure. But mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about hardcore socialism in place for you know forty years, in in some cases, uh, at least you know twenty twenty five years in a row, and then you get something different in there a little bit. But then we're back again, you know. So what this has created is a very a tremendously suppressing and depressing atmosphere where, you know, a majority of Swedes and, and specifically, obviously, then in the suburb areas are living in these, you know, major complexes, these projects. I mean, in Sweden, they called it the the, the million program and they built these apartments back in the 60s and now they've done, uh, you know, renovations of these Hideous monsters that are just you know gray shoe boxes stored on top of each other, mm. uh, where, where where people live in you know and and it's 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 not the nice little white picket fence you know in Truman Show that the majority you know how the majority live in Sweden it's it's you know incredibly depressing really and you have had tremendous problems with not only illicit drugs but specifically. Um, alcoholism and and with the youth drinking incredible amounts i mean again if we go back to the the psychology behind all of this it's it's i mean sweden has left uh, the, their their religion a long time ago as well and and to a certain extent i can see positive things with that uh because i i mean from my point of view i've always been interested in prehistory and and what happened before for example sweden got christianized yeah um and 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 you know what was that religion and and how did that come how how long were we you know into that before this new invader came in and everything else so i've been interested in that part but nonetheless there was tremendous advantages with christianity being in there and being there in place but even that has gone out the door now and and we've lived in this kind of atheistic um so-called rational scientific based society now of you know, for 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 fifty, sixty years, and and I think that this has taken its toll on the people as well. Where there, there's no really deeper aspects to uh, to life. There's no uh, deeper analysis. I mean, it's it's very peripheral, and it's very and at the same time, this is the oxymoron. At the same time, on top of that, you kind of get an an, an attitude, which is that with with our with our stance in terms of religion and everything else, we're kind of superior than everybody. Uh, it, it's not that we like to tout that, but at the same time, if it gets mentioned uh, how, Swede, uh, how good Sweden is in the international media, everyone kind of gets a little proud underneath the surface to hear that. You know, yep, that's right. We're living in the right country. It's the good place to be, you know, and it's this, um, it, it's this constant, you have, to, you have to justify to yourself why, if the situation is bad, okay, why haven't I done anything about it? so when you 're constantly being reiterated with the fact that it's it's good your your country's you know progressive you're you 're moving ahead everything is fine you you're high up there on the list you know <clears throat> that feels good that feels good that you're being basically told that you do you do not need to worry about you don't you don 't need to do anything about this because everything is fine you know so that 's been a very important reaffirming point i think for a lot of swedes but this that we're and, and again i'm, I'm i obvi- 'm obviously generalizing here course, and, and yeah. everyone is not like this but very much godless. There's no faith. There's no belief in anything. There's no. It's almost like the the government has taken the role of of of, of God, if you will. Yeah. And that's when it gets really spooky and really really scary. You know, as I said again, I, I I'm I, to a certain extent I'm glad to see that that the invader Christianity is not as active as it was, you know, a couple of hundred years ago. But at the same time, if that's if we're moving towards a, a a system which is about no religious thought at all. I mean, I would have seen, I would love to have seen some return to to previous, um, you know, religions or, or something like that to, to, I mean, imagine just yourself. I mean, I think that even the Norse mythology would be a tremendous uh, pull and draw for people on the tourism scene. I mean, w- what if you could go up to Gothenburg and like, you know, at the end of the avenue, you could see a big statue of Thor right there instead of like Poseidon, this Greek god. you know (laughs) what what the hell is that you know if people haven't started questioning that that we all have this kind of romanesque uh architecture it's all the same in all of europe it's Mm. it's the same gods we have on those squares you know there's like there's no uh true roots left anywhere really it's it's just all this one homogenized system that's taken over And i'm just so i'm so sad when i see that you know and i think back to it that god damn it you know even even the few um more kind of Viking-style churches that they have in Norway. These uh, uh, they call them stavkirker, which is that they're built on these kind of wooden poles. And I mean, the architecture is just fantastic. It's amazing. People from all over the world uh, come to see these buildings because they're so, you know, so tremendously beautiful. And and and. But all of that has been slowly eroded, slowly taken away, and and you know, as the as the old has been pushed in this new socialist system has been coming in and 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 these new as i said ugly gray horribly suicidally inspiring you know edifices called uh, you know buildings where people have their homes have have been brought up in their place you know and and i know people in gothenburg many uh, like 30 40 years ago who who basically had their home their, their home uh, destroyed because the government decided that they wanted to put these new buildings in place because it was a new standard that was going to come in, and you, you're going to get higher and better, uh, uh, better standard basically of living. Uh, and people kill themselves because their whole home area was destroyed. These beautiful old wooden houses that's been there for for generations, you know. So it's very, this system is very, it's very unkind. It's not at all nice. It's very violent, actually. But it's we're again we're being sold this idea that it's for our own own good, you know. So I'm I'm terribly sad to, to see all these things going down.
0: And it is always terrible to see that because I think uh, we see it all over the world. In, in the case of Ireland, again, to, uh, just for comparative purposes, um, I, I would notice the parallels with, say, um, American culture and Ameri- pretty much all the TV we watch in Ireland, those of us who do watch TV tends to be imported from the US and as a result over the last um, I suppose 30 years or so gradually we've seen this again homogenization to use the word you were using and it's almost like American culture and Irish culture have become one and the same thing to the point where a lot of Irish teenagers now speak with pseudo-American accents and their concern is not with Irish culture or traditional history or anything like that it would be to do with well Obviously, the vicarious living through celebrity, that seems to be such a focal point in the U.S. And again, there's a parallel, and I think that's on a slightly different level to what you're speaking about. But it comes from the same place. It comes from the um, almost like the state as a deity instead of religion. And while so many people are upset with religion, and especially in Ireland, again, with the clerical scandals and abuse and that kind of thing, I think people right. need to be very, very careful about what they replace religion with, because most people, are, or most societies, to speak in general terms, I think, when something disappears or runs its course, they seek to replace it subconsciously with something else. And I think for those in the know, or those pulling the strings, it's very easy for them to slip something even worse in behind and dress it up as something that everybody would like as an alternative and it very much sounds to me as you describe the uh, the social structure there in sweden that that may have been what's happened over the last 50 years
1: well i think we have an idea that we're progressing all the time that we're going we're moving forward we're getting better and better and everything we do is getting you know we're getting more equal and more fair and it, but it's it, i mean it, when you really look at it we're going we're going backwards we're, we're destroying things we're, we're taking it asunder we're breaking it down to the 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 smallest components, and we have no idea of how we should put it back together again. I mean, I, certainly we can see the the way of life in, in Sweden having come from uh, a, a more Protestant, uh, you know, kind of view view, if you will. We have there is a bridge there between natural, you know, scientists and 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 a belief, you know, in the in the church. You have Calvinism. There, there are certain things you can kind of see the progression, but <clears throat> it's been very much about exclusion about taking away you know you have the ideas of, of of no idols for example you know you the walls are white and and you can't have anything else you know just the cross on the wall and that's it you know if you compare that with the roman catholic church that's uh, you know much more kind of uh, expressive and floor of a lot of idols and everything but in that process of taking away and cutting off and removing you know with we, we it gives us the illusion that we're moving forward in some way And I can see the progression then from from throwing out the old religion to bringing in the new and having that in a certain way connected with the old one. But then slowly, those aspects are being cut away. Then we're even within their own religion, removing, taking away. And it's very much this kind of, you know, the the wheels of science are like churning and turning in people's head. And we think that we're moving forward when we really, we're eliminating more and more and more and more. We're kind of painting ourselves into a corner. And eventually, I think we, we arrive where we are today, where we, where we think that we've excluded so much that we okay, now we don't have a belief, now we're really at the core of what things really are, but then you realize in its stead we've just as you say, you know we we've we've made the very structure um of, of progress our religion that has now become our belief. Government is now people's belief. I mean, in, in Sweden, you know, those are the ones who make the sun come up in the morning, for Christ's sake. You know, they're, <laughs> that's their job, you know, and they, they, they provide oxygen and, you know, and, and if they would fall, we all would fall. And I think that ultimately that's the government's own interest, really, at the end of it. They want to have, they want to be in a position where, where they are needed, truly, truly needed by people. When they're in a state of dependency, they couldn't be happier and they don't really care if it's bad times they will create whatever conditions they have to to survive. That's just, that's just how the entity operates and works. And they will do whatever they can in order to to achieve that survival mechanism. There's this wonderful uh, line in V for Vendetta when the guy says, w- when they're talking about basically, you know, faking terrorism to scare the population. He, he just says to one of the guys in there, they're like, we need to give them a reason why they need us. You know, and, th- and that, that line is really what it's all about and if they can if they can attain the population in that place then then they've won it's a success it, then it does, if we bicker about the details or anything like that it will be in place uh, and, and they're never going to go away their their uh, their existence are going to be justified from now on out and that's what i hate to see you know i i want people to to free themselves in their mind and realize that you do not need an external process for your own life to be in existence. It, it's already there. It's provided for. It's called nature, you know, planet Earth. It's right there. Yeah. It's, it, it, it is a functioning system and we do not need to supplant anything else on top of that, an artificial construct, an artificial world for us to function and, and operate, you know?
0: And that's so true. It's one of the reasons I get so frustrated when I see the constant peddling of the lie that uh, it's, it's an arrogant lie that we in the 21st century are the epitome of any kind of... Um, technology or uh, spiritual enlightenment that there has ever been, that everything that came before us can be looked down upon and laughed at. And yeah. there's no point looking at ancient cultures because what would they know? They just lived in a cave and they they ate meat and plants. And I mean, it's, it, it is one of the biggest lies. And for that reason, I think it it almost in a sense gives the state some kind of legitimacy to people. And that begins, I believe, Henrik, and by all means correct me if, if I'm wrong, but in my opinion I think school is and the schooling system, particularly in the Western world, is hugely responsible for that. And I wanted to touch on this because I know in Sweden um, homeschooling, which has become becoming popular in more and more countries and more and more popular, has been completely outlawed, which basically means and I, I think I'm correct on that, but if that's the case, that basically means that every single child, no matter who they are, or what background they come from, or what suits them as a person, or what their parents feel suits them as a person, has to go into the open arms of the state, so that they can be either educated or indoctrinated, or whatever the case may be.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, that, that's just a. I can't say anything more to that example of of. I mean, what more do people want? It's like they do that for a reason. the 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 Prussian system is is all about you know it's built on on behaviorism models to to get the subject to adhere to you know the principles that you're giving them the, i mean people are have been fl- fleeing sweden since 2010 when they banned it they banned it in, in germany too and i think they did it even during the time of the, the rise of the nazis they banned homeschooling as well mm. because they didn't want to have divergence opinion out there i mean they're, they're literally i've literally heard politicians in sweden talk about how it's dangerous with homeschooling because that means that the prejudice of the parents might be passed down to the children. And I mean, wow, what can you, I mean, I, I, if, if, people don't, if people don't get that, I, I don't know what to, what to tell them, what more to say to them. I mean, the, this is the epitome of the system. There isn't any individuality in existence in Sweden. There, there are these professors now who are continuously writing for uh, BBC. There's this one guy, Lars Tregod, is his name. Um, he he he's hes he 's like the to go to guy for b b c whenever there's something a uh, little bit you know deeper in regards to Swedish culture and society that they want to have answered and he has tried to push and peddle this you know view that there's a kind of a a hyper individualization going on in sweden and i I think it's he couldn't be more wrong it's it's more if he if he if he thinks that ants in an ant society are individuals. You know, if that's how he defines individual, then yeah, he's right. But I don't define individuals like that. That they're a homogenized hive, which is where you basically the ants don't even talk about with each other. They don't communicate. They step on each other's faces to just you know get their task done, kind of thing. And it's very much the same as well. Um, I don't mean to put people down. I mean I have to say this. I I, I think it's a shame of what I've seen in Sweden and I, and how the people have been. Uh, beaten down you know oh, and 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 how this has happened throughout history i mean for for hundreds of years i I, I do believe that there's a reason for this and and, and there 's a reason if we go back even so far as to Roman times the the many battles that the Roman Empire had with the Visigoths who, who ultimately you know sacked Rome, but the Visigoths is a, is a people that come, that came from scandinavia they came from you know the region where i 've lived for most of my life from from Götaland, Gothland, the land of the goths and and they migrated down during the migration periods. They went down to, uh, you know, uh, Rollo, the the Norwegian king, went down to France, formulated what became Normandy, the Normans invaded, uh, you know, Britain, and then later, or before that, actually, you had invasions also of, uh, you know, the so-called Vikings, Mm. that period, which is a highly manipulative period as well, by the way, but you had that, you you had a a large expansion, and many people, of course, learned that, oh, they're all you know, brutes and they're all uh, violent people and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I think that there was a migration period for, for different reasons, climactic reasons and everything else. And there's a reason why they had to, you know, go down. But ultimately, this strive and struggle between the Roman Empire and the Germanic tribes is, is a battle that's been going on for a long, long, long time. And I think that eventually when they realized what the source were, what where the people were coming out from uh, within the Roman Empire, when, uh, for example... Jordanes, one of the uh, one of the uh, historians in, in the Roman Empire, went out. He, he he's actually one of the only ones that's written the the extensive works on the Goths, and, and I actually have a publication of his, and, and I've been going through it. and It's surprising how little he actually mentions about the land of the Goths, and he actually has he's barely visited, he barely knows anything about it. He thinks that one of the biggest lakes is is uh, uh, the ocean that he comes up to again, and therefore it's for. for for a while, believed that it was an island, and there's all kinds of misconceptions in there. And he talks more about the uh, the consequent tribes, uh, you know, that came out from that culture than he does about the actual source, if you will, of that culture. But what I'm getting to in a long way here is that I think there's there's been a battle against against the people, if you will, for a long time. It, it, it stems from the Roman Empire and their their ideas of conquest of the rest of Europe and the world, really and and they 've realized that there is a potential enemy that that time and time again has proven to be very difficult for us. We need to go up to the source and put a fucking lid on that, sorry for cussing there, but uh we need to put a lid on there and and there would try to prevent them from you know coming out again of 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 achieving some kind of a greater organization and period and and, and I mean this is the conspiratorial historical view here, but this is what I think has actually happened. I think that one of the reasons why Scandinavian culture and society has been so heavily socially engineered for such a long time is for those very reasons. They've been trying to, if you will, breed out of the people the, the, the willpower and the, the sense of organization. And they've really managed to do that. They've, they've very much managed to take those aspects away from the people. And I think that's, again, then to tie back, this aspect of of, of banning homeschooling is a perfect example. It's like the the sherry on that cake, if you will, of how they manage to completely get the state in control of of, of your children and people willfully leaving it up. And it's it's also this idea that there are professionals out there that are better at this job than than you are as as a parent. That they've been they've been going through you know schooling for many many years. They've been educated in how to how to teach your children uh, and, and therefore they're experts. They again, appeal to authority. You, you bow down to that and they, they have the right to do anything they want. And in fact, they should be the ones who are raising your child. And what this creates then is this kind of hive, the, the an, an ant society where you have basically no individual expression and you've created a society that actually is very, very cold. And you will notice if you're up visiting in Sweden that it's increasingly difficult to actually connect with people, to even talk with many Again, everyone is not like this. You, you, you know, you might have bumped into the uh, the odd case here and there, but generally, I'd say it's it's difficult to connect unless it's weekend, of course, and people are you know blasted drunk and then are, they're, they're they're too much in your face, you know. So then there's no <laughs> then there's no that there's no balance in between that, you know. So all all the week long, they've 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 kept their you know themselves quiet and and they've they've kept the lid on themselves, and then finally when weekend comes, they can blow all off that steam, you know, blow off that steam. So. You get a very kind of disconnected, schizophrenic society, uh, difficult to connect with people. They're not really warm. They don't say thanks or here you go. It's not in that way service-oriented. It's very much like an ant society. And, I, and, and the more and more I look at it, I blame the state and the actions of the government for this uh, as the first step. And then ultimately, the people themselves who have allowed this structure to come in and completely take over. And no one has said anything. No one has said no they haven't said we don't want this we can do a better job they haven't rallied together and I'm just I, it's, it crushes me to see this John
0: And do you think Henrik that there's almost a sense of uh, societal Stockholm Syndrome at this stage whereby people uh, will defend the state at all costs even though it's blatantly obvious to somebody like you that it's not in their best interests? but they're, they're so ingrained in that hive mentality our independent thought has been crushed and the human spirit is almost non-existent is that kind of the situation we're talking about?
1: I think so i mean stockholm syndrome I'm glad you brought that up we're we're uh, we're making a, a an extended video on that right now because it's just such an interesting phenomenon, this this bank robbery back in nineteen seventy three in Stockholm that took this you know that created this new term mm. uh because it's so it's so true at, uh, and and this was sort of interesting about this particular uh, cycle as well that although it happens in other parts of the, I don't think that this particular way this happened could have come out of any other country than Sweden because what it means is that what basically when someone comes in and takes charge you have an an, an immediate obedience to to that force that's that's what that's what happens within Swedish culture and society if you have yeah. a a dominant government let's say with a police force there is a, an an automatic and immediate just obedience to that and and you know but then, if, in this case of the Stockholm Syndrome, this bank robbery, where you have one robber walks into a bank, he ultimately captures uh, or takes four people as his hostage. He calls the the police, I believe, or if they call him first, I can't remember which it was, and he demands that one of his previous cellmates is to be released to him in the bank. Okay. Uh, and the, and the, and the and the police actually agrees to this with the uh, objection by the uh, politicians, who at this stage actually gets involved and. So there's a discrepancy there of what to do, of course there's like this is also very much indicative of, of of the culture in terms of that there's no one that can ultimately take the the final decision. There have to be a board that that's doing this over a period of like an extended time before anyone can take an, a, take a stand or take a take a, a, a decision in the matter so that's why you see this immediate confusion on the part of both the police and the politicians in this case, and it's actually their fault ultimately. That makes this the, the robbery, the the term Stockholm syndrome, where that comes from, to come into effect. Because after they've released the prisoner, uh, Clark Ullson he's a known criminal at the time. He, that guy, is released to the other robber, whose name is Janne Ulson. He's in the bank with these four people. They, they they let in the other criminal into the bank because he had made previous attempts to to uh, to free this guy, but he hadn't hadn't achieved to do that. So he's released to them. So they are now two. Two other, you know, robbers, if you will, in the bank with four other people, and I think on day one or two, after there's been some discussion back and forth between the police and whatnot, the police actually closes the the vault door on the people uh, or, or on the robbers. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking or or, or how uh, this were anywhere strategic. This could just have been the decisions of one person who just decided to do it. You know, again, there's no organization skill. There's no aspect in 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 making you know questions in this way so anyway the door is shut and what happens is that in the next four days they're just just they're they're locked into the the vault and the only way of communication they have is by phone um to to the outside if you will and of course the the two robbers or or one really he refuses to let any of the hostages go and this just draws draws out and out and out and it takes six days i think in total uh before you know the situation actually is is resolved and it it turns out then during this you know process that the 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 hostages have created this you know capture captive bonding relationship as they call it with the the robbers where you've had a, a a strong force you know if you will come into their lives that has basically given them orders told them what to do They've been very specific. They've been—they have—they weren't that really that violent, though. There's been some misconceptions of what actually happened during the so- Stockholm Syndrome. I've been—I've been really going through that material, and it seems like they actually had a fairly good time together at times. Anyway, right. uh, you know, they—they were—they—they they were, you know, they're playing checkers and all kinds of silly stuff in there, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's almost like the event is—is is a little bit of a—it's like a bank robbery in kindergarten. A Sweden in the 70s is tremendously. Innocent in a way. And, and, and nothing like this has ever happened before in Sweden. But what, what, what happens is that when, uh, when the politicians call into the vault to talk with some of the hostages, the girls and the robbers, ultimately, they realize that, the, that they are ultimately defending the robbers. And they're saying, you know, they're more afraid, more, more afraid of the police, you know, of their actions, of, of, of them trying to liberate them than they are of the robbers. And, and, you know, there's been various explanations for this from a psychological point of view of, okay, why does this happen? You know, capture bonding scenario. There's a number of these like uh, battered wife syndrome and all these where, where where they basically tend to show compassion and, and feel empathy with those who have actually have violated their, their, uh, their freedom, if you will. Yeah. And I don't think it would happen anywhere else than in Sweden in this particular case. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to lay this up more detailed and in a better way as well. In terms of some of the different theories in in one of the videos that we're working on right now but it seems to me anyway that there's a number of reasons why why this happened but ultimately everyone has a tendency towards the this this psychological phenomena where they feel a cat you know a, a relationship to their captor and the bigger lesson of course to take away from all this is that this is what happened with the human race ultimately in terms of the the captors that have taken us in into hostage, we you know we're talking about the government, we're talking about the state, every, the police state, everyone that has a, the military, you know, all, all these bigger institutions, the school. Even we end up feeling compassion for them, and 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 because of there's a lack potentially of abuse in that relationship, if we even can call it a relationship. Let's say that the uh, the robbers weren't beating on the hostages. So the host take this as a sign of, of, you know, that they're compassionate. Like, oh, wow, they they, they actually didn't hit me, you know, so they're, they're nice guys. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's how we can explain the Stockholm Syndrome, really. And, and there's, you know, tons of genetic research and stuff done on that. But it's a very interesting factor. And I think that in no other country, that term could have been, could have been created, you know, and there's there's a whole lot more to it, but that's, that's to come for later.
0: And it really is a fascinating phenomenon because it, It's being repeated, I think, all over the world. I certainly see it in Ireland here um, from speaking to people and guests on the show around the world. It's literally happening everywhere and there's a schism, I think, as well, being created, whether it's deliberate or not, but there are those who are starting to see through the veil and those who aren't and how is it in Sweden with regard to that because you have said that you're optimistic for the future and that there are green shoots I suppose emerging from the the concrete and the suburbia that exists so do you think that somewhere down the line or even at this point in terms of a mentality those who are left behind and those who want something different and something new and who expect it because they're back in touch with their human spirit as opposed to that which is dictated by the control system
1: well, that would be a that would be an ideal situation, I think, if it was a natural, uh, you know, organic awakening that occurred, so that people didn't have to go through what I think is going what I think is going to happen, which is tremendous, tremendous chaotic times and periods. I think that mm. if there is anywhere in the world will that is going to turn increasingly violent in the next twenty thirty years, it's going to be Scandinavia. I think that it's it's a potential for. Um, you know five hundred more braviks to come out of that society if you get that analogy yeah, more yeah. people who have been so incredibly um well suppressed for the lack of a better term and 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 that has such an an anger inside of them for for the lack of recognition of 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 both their own cause but also their own uh, point of view and when and when you have when you have such a <clears throat> limited ratio of 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 opinions, for example, voiced in in the media or or that you feel is represented when you have no no one talking about the things that you're experiencing on the street, let's say or the the frustration that you feel over everything that happens in your daily life, then you're gonna cre- you're gonna create these monsters out of it. and uh, I don't know m- maybe that's the plan as well. I think that they in Norway they managed to use the uh, the Breivik Bravik you, you know situation. Tremendously beneficial to their to to their costs, you know, and in terms of how they managed to rally all the people behind them, and the, and and it seems like people don't understand why that happened. But uh, the more not, the more I look into it, although I don't agree at all with his methods or what he did or or you know anything like that, I, I understand why it why it happened in, in in Norway, and I see that it could happen in Sweden as well because you have with that denial if you will of certain perspectives and with that non-focus and just complete you know ignoring certain people and their and their uh, you know position you have an an increased polarization occurring within society and 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 if it gets bad enough if you have some mental instability as a part of that or something then i think you're going to get a tendency of a lot of violent people and multiculturalism has has gone horribly wrong both in sweden and in other countries as well and I think that's unfortunately, I think that that 's been the intention on the part of the uh, of the societal structure really they they 've have a lot of people who have good intentions uh, who don 't really understand the deeper consequences of what they 're doing and you can 't just take a number of different cultures, put them all together uh don 't expect them to communicate and then it, and then and then expect that everything is going to turn out right you know because it, it's not going to, and there's going to be i think more conflicts on the on the streets if you will. In, in Scandinavia and other parts of Europe but 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 especially in Scandinavia and I, I just hope that it doesn't turn really really ugly but the chances is that it might and and if that's the case I think unfortunately that the controllers will use this even more to their to their advantage <clears throat> to uh, you know crack down on on on, on, on people uh, they were, they're going to use this as an excuse to bring in more police for example uh, more surveillance. All of, the, all of the above that you can imagine that we've seen in the rest of the world is going to be brought in there because of the, uh, of the tendencies that have arisen of this I- immense polarization. So what I hope for is what you just mentioned, that there is a, a natural awakening and the people realize that they don't have to justify themselves to, to the state or to, to the government. They can just basically pull that plug, mm. um, you know, give them the finger basically, and just walk away from there and just start doing their own thing, living their life in their own capacity, um, you know, get together with your friends and the, the people who are on your, you know, page and and, uh, and just get cracking at, at, at living your everyday life. I'm talking about growing your food, you know, maintaining your own, you know, production of whatever you need to do to to survive. And, and, and really, in that regard, you know, disconnect yourself from that society because there's so much craziness going on there right now in terms of the... Uh, we haven't even talked about the gender madness that goes on up in Sweden now where they're trying to eradicate you know uh, the pronouns that, that are distinguish, distinguishing masculine from feminine there are there are studies within Sweden right now being done on how to uh, how to change the uh, the curriculum so that it becomes gender neutral so that certain terms that they believe have psychologically I I don't even know how to explain this stuff because it's so far out there. It's so it's so I mean it, they're, it's so disconnected from reality. But nonetheless, they're they're doing this stuff. They're they have these uh, gender pilots they call them that has has nestled their way into these different aspects of education uh, and, and and industry. You know even even into the, uh, the bus- business world and enterprise world and everything else to like to try to scope out and find if there are genderly gender charged. Um, terminology and, and, and actions and all kinds of weirdness that's occurring within society so that they can root that, those things out. You see, um, to
0: me, this is just staggering stuff and it does go on. I, I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes here as well. And we're being fed the lie that there is something wrong with the differences between men and women so that men have to become more feminized and women have to eschew the traditional roles and they have to become more masculine to succeed. So you have this blurring of the lines that we're seeing now, which I think is the product of probably 50 years or even longer um, going right back to the 1920s in Britain whereby people don't don't have an identity. Certainly when it comes to gender, they're afraid to, to be specific when it comes to the gender. And it's almost like a lot of people think that there's something wrong with differences because let's face it, yeah. everybody's different. Equality isn't about everybody being the same. It's about, I th- for me anyway, recognizing the differences rather than trying to emulate everybody else and try to be the same. It's about being tolerant of the differences because f- whether we like it or not, they do exist. And I think it it really gets my back up um to hear you speak about this because it's so it's so true and it's to me it's frightening because it that, that can yeah. change the moral fabric of society very very quickly once it takes hold and it is starting to i think and nowhere as clearly as scandinavia from listening to the guests that you've spoken to uh, people such as uh, mikael Jalving and um Mike Cross and these guys who have spoken about yeah. Scandinavia it's so so obvious for those of you who live in Scandinavia or for some of you who live in Scandinavia and it's starting to trickle throughout the rest of Europe and the world as well um, and it's it's frightening to me Henrik
1: well it's I mean this is a really good point you ma- mentioned there about the differences uh, and and you know this gender neutral garbage that's been coming in a- across the world but you know let's not uh, means any words about this Sweden is spearheading this insane Absolutely insane! Uh, just reality disconnected political madness. I've I've, I've ever wistn- witnessed. I mean, mm-hmm. sameness means control. A, a ruthless human being means control. A, a human being that has no foot in tradition means control. All of these things mean control. They want to control the human population. They want to try to destroy the differences because it's the differences that makes us strong together. When we operate and work together as individuals true individuals, then something fantastic happens. Then you can have true cooperation. Yeah. Collectivism, on the other hand, that's a complete opposite. That's not really cooperation. That's homogenizing the individuals into one aspect of sameness. And I, I'm starting to think, John, that the deeper aspects behind this <clears throat> might be that they're, they're actually running supercomputer simulators on, on, on the societal structure and, and I think that they want to try to figure out how to how to control society by basically predicting the future. And it seems to me that the the more the more they can simplify the input, the different variables, if you will, that you have in the world that the supercomputers tended to to deal with, the easier it is to control them, the easier it is to predict their behavior and, and their responses and everything else. And you're going to do that with 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 computerized, you know, mechanized system of artificial intelligence in there or something like that that is tremendously, you know, uh, calculative and, 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 and brilliant and smart and everything else. And you have someone in charge at the top that basically said, okay, you know, the... the the, the computer is requesting us to to you know to simplify these aspects so that it can make better calculations or something like that and they just adhere <laughs> to to those uh you know preferences and those properties. Uh, but back to the gender neutral point again. Um if you if you want to see how it's going to be developing in other countries in the next 10, 15, 20 years, mm. you you have to look at Sweden. You have to you have to see what's happening there. Um, fortunately, though, I think that the problem is you can't just take what what is in Sweden and 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 you know supplant that on top of another country and expect the same results because yeah. uh, that's just not going to happen. There are people, for example, in Eastern Europe that are part of the European Union and and they they, they see through this complete garbage with, with this you know gender studies that are being done in Sweden. The problem is, however, though, that they are they're eager to get the EU money so they they are, they're willingly kind of going going along to a certain extent with some of the policies, but what 's happening right now in Sweden is that they have tremendous amounts of, of of millions of crowns are being poured into studies to 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 find as i said these the, the, the gender uh, charged uh, terms and the gender charged uh, you know directives that is occurring to be able to eliminate them and as they move forward they go down to the, the headquarters in the European Union and say, okay, we've found this now. You should implement this and that and this. Uh, but we haven't understood it all yet, so we need to have more money to do more research. And then they move forward a little bit, and then they said, okay, shit, it's more complicated than we thought. Okay, we need more money. Okay, more, so pour more money into it. And then as they, as they slowly move forward, they're They're implementing all the understanding that that, that they have behind them. Mm. Uh, It's a big laboratory. In Iceland, they have this new thing. They they actually call it a gender laboratory. They're going to do some new tests up there. And I'm I'm actually uh, looking into that aspect right now. So I don't have all the details on that yet. But they're going to do some kind of laboratory work. uh, I mean, live experiment kind of thing. Um, to 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 t- test and to try out some of their uh, conclusions that they've gotten to so far i don't know exactly where this is going to lead but it shows that they're they're so insane they're so crazy that they're although they've admitted that they don't understand the full consequences of of, of their findings they're willing to implement them when they're halfway through the process and and i mean this this could literally this could literally lead the whole freaking world down the, the tubes and if you if you on top of this, on top of this politically correct discussion of gender neutral garbage, take into effect the fact that mankind is being poisoned with 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 chemicals, with with phthalates, with everything else, with BPA and, and all these gender-bending chemicals, mm. you get a very interesting situation and very, very scary scenario that's beginning to pop up where from the 40s and 50s when the primarily the Rockefellers as always you know started with with um, the petrochemical industry and really got involved in 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 these different uh, synthetic uh, compounds and materials and and started to bring them into society you know everything from polyester to uh, you know the, the plastics that we we hold every day I mean even the receipts that you that you get in store, the ink has BPA in it. So everything you touch and sit on, and and you know when you sweat and your workout clothes and everything, has has these tendencies to 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 mess your endocrine system up, and actually turns a male brain into a female brain, and a female brain into a male brain. Mm. Now, does things start to you know kind of make sense in terms of how they've managed to to turn one into the other? And at the same time, you create a kind of a, a, a homogenized species where you basically have no differences, and and you have basically the eradication of gender occurring. I mean, what what has happened as well, John, is that we have the uh, the the birth rates going down tremendously, and we have uh, I- infertility all across the board. They're telling people that you know after after you know thirty five, they can't they can't have kids anymore. When you go back. 40 50 years i mean women who are like 50 sometimes even 60 years old could have kids yeah sure. something is really changing here you know
0: yeah and i think a very a very interesting debate i heard on uh, radio 314 uh between lana and brian clement and anna maria clement which spoke about toxicity and the petrochemical agenda there uh, most specifically with regard to synthetic fibers and clothing and The rabbit hole really does go that deep when we look at everything that we surround ourselves with with regard to chemicals and how carefully it's been manipulated and how if you follow the money trail it all appears at the top of that pyramid with the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and whoever else. These are the guys controlling governments and the rabbit hole is so deep that I think people are afraid nearly to look up because it's so far away that they can see the light up there at the top of that rabbit hole they've fallen down. And I think a lot of people just are too content to stay down there and to not necessarily look around at what's going on, or they're they're too distracted by daily living and from... living paycheck to paycheck or they're distracted by the kids and making sure that they get to school and that they do all the things that society dictates. But I think when people start to actually look outside the paradigm, and the reason I bring this up is because when I heard that radio show, it was something that was so foreign to me. It wasn't something, and I only listened to it maybe about three weeks ago. It wasn't something mm-hmm. that I had ever, ever linked, despite the fact that I would consider myself very open-minded and would like to I, I constantly research this kind of thing. Nobody had ever said to me that the clothes I'm wearing could be something that harm and i'm somebody who makes great effort to put the right food in my body and um, (laughs) not to expose myself to a b c and d and my initial reaction and i caught myself with this was to reject it straight away and to say these Uh, guys are crazy (laughs) yeah and I, i surprised myself and disappointed myself i must say but my initial reaction was this can't be true so i did a bit of research which i mightn't have done five years ago but i did some research and the more i looked at it the more i realized hang on a minute i mean how deep does this thing actually go? And you, you've you touched on it there and I think it's very, very important that people take what you're saying and actually look at the information for themselves and realise that it's not just Henrik saying this or it's not just John saying it or it's not Brian Clement or Anna Maria or whoever it might be. It's something that affects you and by all means reject it after you've done your independent research. But it's so, so important that people look at things with an open mind themselves and then ascertain what's good and what's bad for them because it's important that they don't just take our word for it true and all
1: as it may be well the, otherwise then it just becomes another dogma and that's what you know i and, and and you as well have been trying to fight against i mean dogma will will if if you turn your wind in the coat you you will do that in any direction and tomorrow the next person might come along and and whiff you off to another part of the world if you will or you know using different analogies here but the fact is that if you don't stand steady on your own ground because you've come to those conclusions yourself you're going to be whiffed around like a like a feather in the wind like a ping pong ball back and forth on that table you have to find your own grounding and stabilize yourself and 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 i mean this this aspect of 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 the clothing and everything else I find that very very interesting it's it's tremendous when you realize what a what a conspiracy that actually is yeah because you know as as Lana said at the end of that show she's developing a A a true natural, actually, clothing line because she's seen the the tremendous gap there is in that particular field right now, and she's working on this right now, and she's trying to, you know, source uh, material and source, uh, you know, natural fibers versus those these poisonous, uh, gender bending synthetic fibers, Mm -hmm. and she's realized how difficult it is. She's immediately realized who controls the industry. Uh, how how, how did, you know gate you know gatekeepers are in place to basically prevent the the few attempts that have been made now in the past to to preserve you know 100% organic natural fibers and it's more and more difficult uh you know why is, why is hemp not being allowed into certain countries there there's a number of these factors here and the, and, and what I've come to realize is that there's a very very advanced Eugenics program that's going on, and people ha- when they think about eugenics, they have to switch off that. Okay, it's that was something that the Nazis were behind. Yeah, yeah. that's partially true. Of course, it is, and and, and it's it, it has its root in that system. But the eugenics that you're seeing today is completely different than than the ones that they were promoting in the, at, at that stage. This is the eugenics which is about the transforming of all of mankind, the, the the whole lot. This is about, as we talked about, I think ultimately controlling. Human reproduction, I think that this ultimately is about and you 've seen this in a number of dystopian movies there that, that that are have been coming out about you know the matrix you have the the children born in these pods right you have uh, basically the state or or a private corporations who ultimately uh, you know bows down to the state that is controlling uh, reproduction through either cloning or or artificial insemination or other kinds of modalities because you know um was it the children of men showed this as well <clears throat> although they showed this backwards because yeah. in children of men that movie they showed how it was the uh the women that couldn't bear any children anymore and there was this one last you know child or this woman had gotten pregnant again but what actually is happening is it's the males that are primarily targeted the males uh sperm count is going down the um the the infertility rates are are just skyrocketing and you have all these different factors as as we mentioned before from you know the the soaps and the you know your shampoo your shaving cream even you know there's aluminum and everything deodorants and everything you can imagine that you haven't looked at if you turn around look at the ingredients you google around a little bit and you realize they're all if it's phthalates or if it's you know whatever it is there's a number of these different that are endocrine disruptors that are completely changing your your makeup as 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 what you are and what you were naturally born as and i think this is about eradication of gender taking that away it's about taking the, the the level of reproduction into the hands of of the state or or maybe a private corporation and ultimately you would have basically wards of state being born. You would have a, a completely different set of rules that these new humans would be born under. And of course, they would have to do it this, at, at, at this stage. If we look forward maybe 10, 20, 30 years into the future, if if this continues, that's what I'm saying, you have more and more um, infertility. And, and at some stage, the government will step in and say, oh, we, you know, this it, it, this doesn't work anymore. The, we're going to die. The human race is over. We have to take charge. We have to take, take control of this. We need uh, money, so give us all your money first, and then we're gonna, you know, set up this board that's gonna do research, and then they're gonna come up with their solution to the problem, which is you know some kind of, you know, a- a embryonic research, and they're gonna c- come to a conclusion that okay, either we need to clone or or just do artificial insemination into these, um, you know, artificial wombs that they've actually begun building now. I think there are a few out there now that actually uh, allegedly managed to, um, you know, c- or, or potentially can produce babies born in an, in a completely artificial environment and that's where it's going to go because that would ultimately mean that every human that's born is going to be in this in in the hands of the state you're going to have a completely different set of legal uh you know paragraphs rules if you will that's going to be accompanied with these new children that's going to be born and i i hope it doesn't go this far believe me that I, I don't want to but as I'm seeing it right now, with the urgency of everything that's going on. I, I don't know what else to think, John.
0: And there is a parallel, albeit slightly mo- more covert, and that's the current legal system that exists throughout most of the world, certainly the Western world, whereby technically the state has taken ownership, um, very obvious is the uh, the Federal Reserve, I suppose, in place of the state in the US, whereby social security numbers were created in the 1930s, and Essentially, everybody is there to work for the Federal Reserve or, in Ireland's case, for the state. And people don't realise that in a in legal sense, not a lawful sense, but a legal sense, that people are actually wards of the state and that they are under the control of the state should, should they not wake up to it and decide to take back their power. And I think what you're talking about is the ultimate end goal there for maybe what would have been a testing ground. Because what you're talking about is happening. It can be seen if anybody cares to look. There are, I suppose, precedents that have already been set. I've just spoken about one very briefly there. Again, should people care to look? So I don't think it's that much of a leap to suggest that the control system will go from legal terminology to actually turning ownership into something physical. I I really don't think so. And I think a huge giveaway is always, as you mentioned... Hollywood and the movies and the, the the mainstream kind of entertainment industry, music, a big one, of course, which is close to my heart. And when we look at the sheer um, sheer number of dystopian movies that are coming out over the last five years and particularly over the last year, I mean, it's all about reshaping society. It's all about ownership and that organized hive mentality that you spoke about, the ants running around doing their daily tasks and always looking towards their masters it's astonishing to see because we are living through this right now and as you say if things don't change that is the kind of future i believe also that we can be looking at for say our kids or their kids it's not that far away it's not the realm of science fiction anymore
1: no it isn't Uh, i I think the uh the very clever tactics of bringing this into the realm of 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 movies have have served served a couple of different functions i think I, i think it's not only there to to kind of disarm your fear about these things so that whenever someone is talking like this, your, your immediate analogies or or um, stretches to go to the movies and say, oh, okay, you know, that that's, I know that. No, 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 that's that's a movie. That's not reality kind of thing. You know, that's one level of it. But then I think there's a deeper level which has to do with the the, the subconscious programming of people, which is very, very effective. It seems to me anyway, and it's more difficult to prove this, but that there is an there is an aspect within human uh, human reality human cr- creativity and, and and the world we live in that if if there has been set a, a a standard in in human uh fantasy i guess we could call it in 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 human um imagination you know as I say art uh, you know leads you know reality we, we see things being poured into 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 the arts first and then long after we get a reflection that we're kind of moving into that direction I mean these days it's even more advanced at that when you have actual you know industrial designers and military industrial designers working together with movie productions to develop like you know future exoskeletons and and uh, you know spaceships and designs or cars and everything else and then it actually turns out it's it's been shown that the the for example the car manufacturers um, all these other where you have industrial design as is concerned are actually subconsciously or consciously working towards designing things that actually looks like how it did in the movies so it's been shown that those who are like designing movies and, and and the sets and everything and the gadgets and everything in the movies or actually spearheading the whole field of, of, of where our you know our design is kind of going when it comes to the the technicalities and industrial design just look as I mean this is funny image that was made about Star Trek for example and the uh, the comparison to the cell phone and basically what it is today and they show you know the the, 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 se- the cell phone was there obviously the the iPad, um, you know you can just probably google star trek and then cell phones and and uh progress or or yeah. evolution or something like that and you can see those i mean it's like it's kind of a you know it's, it's a crude analogy in a way but it's there it's, it's i mean what can you say you know
0: yeah it's absolutely fascinating and all it requires i suppose is an open mind and it's something that you try to promote and i try to promote on our radio shows and so many people are starting to promote around the world now and I think overall, personally, I'm quite positive because I do think there is a sea change at the moment. But I'm more interested in your view on where you think the next five to ten years are going to take us, Henrik, and is your overall view. You spoke about, um, I suppose, uh, an overriding positivity with regard to Scandinavia, but in global terms, because that's what we have been speaking about for the last 15 or 20 minutes. Do you think that things are going to improve or are we going to find ourselves in 30 or 40 or 50 years surrounded by that dystopian control system that we've been talking about.
1: I think we're going to see both. I think we're going to see a uh, a schism happening within the within human civilization. That's actually also been shown. Damn it, I'm back there again now, but it's also been shown in uh, in movies actually and in in some of the te- television shows like uh Tripods, I think it was a British one back from the 80s or 90s, maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's a number of other ones that show basically how you have a, <clears throat> a development of of one branch that takes off. Even THX, that excellent movie um, with all the big names in there, Lucas and um, you know uh, some of the Coppola and some of the other names are involved in that too. Mm-hmm. That shows that there's like an outside um, civilization that's viewed upon as being. You know, brutes or, or or crazy people, or you know, they're living on the periphery of, of the city, or or even further out in the in the uh, you know rural areas. Because this seems to be a metropolitan issue. I mean, this is, I mean, metrosexuality. That I mean, that's that's tied to the city primarily. You know, because of of the artificial. Um, construct that that has been created in those bubbles and I think that as the cities grow and as more and more, and more people move into these mega hub cities you're also at the same time going to have an, a number of people just opting out from that and taking off they're going to go out into the countryside they're going to do their own thing they're going to completely break from this this um, structure and you're going to have two different developments of basically two different species it's going to be like two Two different worlds, and, and how that is going to go. How if if that, if those two strands continue, if you will, if they're allowed to continue for a longer time, that could that could be really interesting. That that's going to be weird to see how that develops because, at some point, you, I mean, we've seen it in human pasts. I mean, let let's let's look back there if we want to. If, if we look at history to see, okay, where are things going in the future? We've seen that. Various strands have have kind of split off in the past. Or in some cases, we've have had 2 different types of human beings living side by side at the same time. We've had, you know, Neanderthals and Cro-Magnon, or, or Homo sapiens, and then Homo sapiens sapiens. There's been, you know, a number of these different scenarios yeah. where you have two at the same time. And I think that's what we're looking at. I, I I think though the misconception here is that, as when people are going to probably think that those who take the artificial road. Um, of technology and, and and synthetics, if you will, some of those people might have the perception that they are the new, they're, they're the next step, they're the advanced ones in this. We are like, you know, we're the new Homo sapiens, you know, we're Homo luminous or we're Homo, uh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And but the, the the reality is that they're going down a, a a dead end because they're not going to be able to sustain themselves. They're not going to be able to live in that synthetic environment without being poisoned. To death by all the things we already talked about—from from GMOs to, to to chemicals to synthetic, you know, fibers and materials and everything else—that is going to take its toll. And unless they develop some kind of uh, continuous, you know, vaccine or some kind of, you know, going on antibiotics all the time and steroids or something and turning into some kind of weird cyborg species, which maybe could survive a little bit here and there. Uh, unless that's the case, they're basically going to die off, I think. And I think that those who choose a a more natural path and a more grounded road, you know, is is going to be the ones who actually who, who manage to get through this. I mean, obviously that's that's further out than than five years that you asked yeah, me about. Course, yeah. This is you know this could be fifty, hundred, maybe even more years down the road. Uh, that's what I think this could develop into, uh, uh, unless we find a way of of, of bridging this and, and coming back to some kind of sense and sanity. But it seems that that hasn't been the case in the past. If, if humans can think of it, they'll do it, and there'll be a number of people who are just willing to dive into that thing. They'll upload their you know their brains to, to Google's you know mega banks and everything else, <laughs> they'll do everything you can imagine, you know. But I, my hope obviously lies with people who are willing to to look the other way. And and it, to me, it doesn't mean that you have to be restricted to a certain way. That oh, you have to be a luddite. Let's say yeah, you, you can't have any technology, or you have to run around barefoot with your hippie haircut. I'm not talking about that either. You know, <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> some kind of balance in between where you where you where you have drawn a line where you where you know that you're not going to implant any technology in you. For example, you yeah. you can use the technology to your advantage, but you have you have set the boundaries. You know something that these other sick people don't have, because they—they, they, in my opinion, they—they—they they, they lack a uh, lack a true spiritual connection. They lack a true soul. They lack a deeper meaning and understanding of things, and therefore they're willing to to walk into any engineered situation, and and they're perfectly fine and normal with it. When I just inherently, instinctively feel a a, a natural boundary, you know, and I, I don't know what what does that or what produces that. If it has to do with awakening and realization, if it has to do with something deeper. I mean, I I don't know that yet. But there there is a distinction there. So I, I definitely see that we're at the beginning steps in the next five years, next 10, 20 years, let's say, of of seeing those kind of worlds beginning to split off more and more and more. As more advanced technology becomes available, implantable technology, merging, you know, the machine and the brain or the machine and the body, you see the other branch basically taking a stance off of that. And I think more and more people are actually going to go over to that side. And um, if that's if that's our only hope, so be it. And then, then that's what we have to take uh, take uh, you know comfort in. And we have to do the best we can to 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 find a sensible balance here. Because I think mankind has been we have been so engineered, we have been so manipulated that we've we've lost that natural. Uh, common sense. A lot of us and 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 a lot of people are completely out on, on on thin ice, and they have no idea where they are or or the the situation that they're facing because they haven't connected to the bigger picture. And and you know, so th- that's where I see John things going. I think that uh, we have to take hope in the, in those few people that are they're that connected for disconnected from this now and and actually want to go their own way. That that's where that's what I see.
0: And. I think that those numbers are increasing, I think, with um, huge emphasis, I suppose, on the type of work that you're doing, because you have brought so much new and alternative information. It's not even new information. I actually think of it as old information that people are starting to remember, as opposed to new information for people to wrap their heads around. It's, it's, more, it's easier sometimes to, uh, to deal with new information than it is to wrap your head around the old and forgotten stuff, because people yeah. tend to brush the past under the carpet. And one thing's for sure, we're certainly living in very, very interesting times and there's no place more obvious than the whole Red Ice Radio and Red Ice creation set up there. So give us the plugs, give us the websites where people can check out more of the work that you do because it's absolutely extensive. And for anybody who mightn't be familiar with it to date, there's a whole new world awaits them.
1: All right, very good. Well, redascreations.com. That's our main website. Everything there is uh, for free, commercial free. No ad sites, no <laughs> website ads or anything like that. And we have uh, we have shows going back to over a year, usually for uh, for free for people. They can subscribe to our you know RSS feeds and through iTunes and all the other outlets out there. And we have a couple of uh, social networking sites where people can connect with us on as well. And then we have uh, redicemembers.com, dot our, our members website. Where we have, you know, all of our archived shows and the extended shows and videos and, and films and everything else that we're doing from two thousand six up to uh, up till today. And and you know, we're working on new stuff right now. We have uh, not only tons of shows, of course, in the works, but we have uh, new videos. And as I said, that we're, we're working on one on the Stockholm Syndrome, and then the extended one is going to be later on the TV front. It's actually about this. Uh, the transformation, if you will, of the human species when it comes to endocrine disruptors and the and the bigger picture, the bigger agenda of of this new eugenics that we see in the world of of how you know following the, the chemical path, if you will, from the '40s and '50s up to today, and also then speculating into the future of where we're going with this. So we hope to kind of visualize that experience for people, and it's uh, it's it's it always it's a long process. It takes a lot of work to do. You know, you get everything into in a good way, video format and video versions. But um, for people who are waiting out there, it's going to be worth the wait. So so stick with us and and we have those uh, shows uh, coming in the future.
0: Well, we're very much looking forward to that and keep doing the work that you're doing. As I said at the top of the show, it's been the main inspiration for this show. So uh, we wouldn't be here without the work that you guys do. So it's much appreciated. I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Henrik Palmgren, it's been fantastic speaking to you today on Alchemy. Take care and we'll speak again very soon.
1: Thank you, John. We really appreciate that. Alchemy Radio. Alchemy Radio. Alchemy Radio.
0: you've enjoyed this week's episode of alchemy radio remember we're relying on your donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising free format and are extremely grateful for any help you can offer the donate button is on the website and your support and assistance is hugely appreciated and indeed thank you to everybody who has donated in the last couple of weeks our next guest on alchemy radio is richard grove and a very interesting conversation will be in store there no doubt Make sure you tune in in two weeks' time. Until then, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power.